Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the G.E.E.K podcast, episode 84, the EGX edition. Ooh. Sounds fancy. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had exciting stuff happening this week, didn't we, Reg? What's the most exciting thing you did this week, or the most exciting thing that happened this week? Uh, probably watching Strictly Come Dancing last night. Wrong. Oh. Uh, X Factor? Wrong. I went to a walk down to Morrison's before, that was pretty exciting. Okay, okay. Right, still wrong. Right, okay. Well, yeah. What was my most exciting thing that happened this week? And yours, I don't care about yours. Oh, right, okay. But, but my, mine... What was your most exciting thing? Just completely out of the blue when Ukraine pop song got released. Ah. Uh, yeah. And Way got announced as the... Uh, yeah, as the Way, Way and Cho are making a subunit. But um, I, I do want to briefly talk about this new song, if that's all right. Go on, get away with. <laughs> okay. wow, we've got the... It is literally getting out of the way before we get into all games, 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 and more games. Um, the, like they, a lot of Korean songs will have a Korean title and, a, and an English title, right? right. Um, and the Korean title will translate into something, but the English title won't necessarily be the same translation. Right. Okay. This is one of those such songs. Okay. The, the English title is "Come On, Come On," because the, the chorus goes "Come On, Come On, Come On." Come on, tell me tonight, or something like that. Um, or something right? like that. Something like that. You haven't listened to it a million <clears throat> times already. Um, however, the um, I want to see if you can work out what the Korean title is just from uh, listening to the intro, okay? Okay. Here we go. So what do you think the title is? Probably I Want Your Love. No, it's wrong. Can you not tell? It was heavily featured in the intro. No? No? <sighs> Rubbish. The title is... Oh, right, okay. I thought I genuinely missed no. something. Right. Wait. <laughs> So that's why it sounds all cheesy because it's a soundtrack from from High uh, School Love On. High School Love On, yeah. Um, that which is a TV weird. show that Choa um, guested on. She she played the girl that. Um, oh, what the heck did she say? I, I, I need to remember what. No, she didn't say that. Unfortunately, she had a she had a, a quite um, quite memorable quote that I can't remember. So it wasn't that memorable. I have a very memorable mm. quote, which is something yeah. something something. She called some guy a jerk or something like that, and uh, yeah. Anyway, it's become a, a, a meme on the Crayon Pop Reddit. Right. Okay. But anyway, done. I promise. That's it. No more Crayon Pop. Till next week. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so should we just get straight into it? It depends. Depends if you've got anything else interesting to say. Because there's some people who don't care about games, and those people will switch off roundabout now. So okay. this is our well, last chance to I give them at got least. Kicked out of Lloyd's Bar on. Um, on that sounds Friday, exciting. On Friday. Let's night, go with that. Uh, because I was dancing like Hitler. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I want more clarification, if I'm honest. I think that might be good it, enough. I don't think it needs any. Was it, did you just happen, were you just dancing and someone happened to notice, hang about, that looks like Hitler's dancing? Basically. Or were you intentionally? We, 
we were getting really drunk. It was a work night out. Um, yep. So it was my dad's birthday. So we went round to see him first okay. and met everyone else later on once they've had the meal. Um, so I turned up and apparently I had a lot of catching up to do. Right. Um, so we started doing hand grenades, they're called, where it's like a Jaeger bomb. Right. But you get a shot of tequila as well. Okay. So, so you put them both in at the top of the glass and then you take the tequila out, neck the tequila as the Jaeger bomb drops as into the red ball and then you, okay. you neck that. That's called a hand grenade. That sounds um, grim. So I was doing that along with the shot of Sambuca. Um, so I'd done like a few of them to catch up. I then just started hitting the Sailor Jerry and rum. Um, and go, and just got very, very drunk. Um, and one of the women I work with got told that when she was younger, um, the way that she had her fringe or something, she looked like Hitler. Um, <laughs> I can't remember how this started. Like, I'm sure that's how that started off. Um, so then she started doing like a little mini march dance that looked a little bit like a Hitler dance. Um, and then Time of Your Life played the that's the one from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. So I was like, clear the floor and like just shouting it out and I was like getting ready to run. <laughs> and then he just started frog at, at the lady, like and then the guy like the bouncer guy come over and he was like, I've got my eye on you, mate, don't you even dare do that. I'm like all right then. Okay then. So he looked over two minutes later, and there I was, just like sort of Nazi march dancing uh, with with the lady. Um, oh, there's someone else doing it. And he come over. Yeah, it was her that was taking the mic out of her for doing like looking like Hitler when she was a kid. Um, and then yeah, the the bouncer came back over again and was just like, right, okay, mate. Swear to God, I turn around once more, and you're doing something idiotic or pathetic again. You're out. And I was like. You can't kick me out for being pathetic. <laughs> That's just wrong. Maybe you're like, bringing down. I the, get the, the idiotic part, you know, if I'm like throwing bottles range. and stuff around, which I wasn't doing, by the way. But if I was doing that sort of stuff, that's idiotic. Dancing like a dick isn't isn't a reason to be kicked out just for being pathetic. Nope. So I was like, wow. Um, so then I just ended up slut dropping a lot, and that's why my top and my thighs are really sore <laughs> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So so yeah so that was an insane thing. I genuinely don't remember how I got home again. It's just okay. come, it comes to like a theme of a work night out now, where I remember everything standard up until the time I go to leave, and it's all it's just a, a blank thing. Um, I remember trying to sneak into the house, but as you're aware, our stair carpet's all ripped up. Yeah. Um, so it's quite creepy, creaky. Um, and I was trying to walk up really drunk and nearly falling over and. And like put my hand, like feet on the uh, on the nails and stuff, and screaming, and it was it was rather amusing. Oh, for you, for me indeed. Although that story is superb, thank you, superb. <laughs> um, right, shall we move on then? Moving on. Right, where do we even start, Reg? Let's start at the beginning. It's always Let's a good take it away. Always name a good point. Simpson Bartholomew J. That's Bart with an R and the capital B. Then Simplus S O N. That's me. I can go on. I know all the lyrics to do the Bartman. In fact, no, that's, that's Deep Deep Trouble. I know all the lyrics to Deep Deep Trouble as well. Deep Trouble. But anyway. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I got insulted on the train journey by some woman, some business woman, thinking she's all that and a bag of potato chips. <laughs> yeah, she was weird. We, we had to get up at about 5am Yep. to get to the train station, to get to London. I would, like, I'd driven about an hour because we, we decided to get a train from somewhere that's like an hour away. Because uh, it was cheaper. It's well cheaper again. It's much Stop. cheaper. It's amazing. Three pound parking, and that's all you need, Reg. Um, so I, I had a little kip. I put my hood up, kind of pulled it down over my eyes. You've like, probably seen the so photo it was like, on our Twitter. Possibly. Our Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash g.e.e.k. 
um, which also then would have posted to our Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash g.e.e.k. Um, kind of look like uh, Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars, in, in that, you know, the hood is just then covering my eyes. Um, and laid back and kind of dozed in and out of consciousness. And when I do that, I do tend to every now and again snore. I don't think mm. I was snoring for a long time, was I? It was just every now and again there'd be a noise, it, yeah? It, yeah, it was That's just my weird, usual. just weird, like, segmented snoring. Yeah. It's it's very like, bizarre. And then there'll be nothing for very, a bit. Very and then it'll carry on and it's silence. But um, I think it must have been when Reg tried to take a photo of me that she decided, oh I'll, be, oh, I'll join in with this little joke. And it was right when I woke up, so I heard every word she said. She goes, so you're always this fun on train journeys. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I just kind of still lay there just listening. And then he started talking. And I can't remember what, but she said something else, so I answered. She went, oh, he's awake. I'm like, yeah. I'm awake and fuck I'm you, awake. Bitch. Yeah. Well, I thought it's that what you should have done in, in politer it. words, because I still don't swear even when I think Reg. That's interesting. That I wonder if it if have you ever just accidentally slipped out a swear? Oh, flipping heck! No, don't know. Not that I can think of. You know, like when, like, say when when you crashed your car, Red, if you like like last year or the year right. before, and that just happened. Surely, no, when, when you no, because that's the that word hit is, you, you didn't go that word. You're like, no. oh, fuck. That word is, none of those words are on like the tip of my tongue. That's a problem. They're not in my vocabulary. So it just doesn't, you know. I just happen. find it weird because. I remember when I was in school, a, like a friend of mine was, was determined to get me to swear. And then one day he thought it'd be clever. He, he decided he'd, he'd got, get me to say phrases that had swear words in them, but kind of within words. So he's, he'd go, someone, someone, say US Navy frigate. So I said U.S. Navy frigate, and he was like, ah, and he'd say, um, say shiitake mushrooms, so again, shiitake mushrooms, ah. but that's about as close as I've ever got. Although you don't mind spelling out swear words no, in Scrabble. Yeah, but that that got me a lot of points, he, a lot of he, points. He used the C word in Scrabble. Yeah, there's a lot of points on that, it was triple word score. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I seen that. <laughs> That was just hilarious. After so many years of you never ever coming close to a swear, but... and then you just dropped the sea bomb. Yeah, it was legendary. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we were on the train, five a.m. in the morning. We managed to get to um, EGX, which is when it opened, which was nice. Yeah, we got um, there for the start, and it was empty. It's awesome. It was very very good. But we had um, an interview lined up straight away for like eleven o'clock. So we had about half an hour to have a bit of a mooch around and then go and find this interview. We won't. We 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 have a we have about six interviews that we're going to drop into this podcast. We'll leave them till a bit later because um, some you know you might have already watched the YouTube videos, but these are slightly longer uncut versions of the interviews. So we'll tag them on towards the end. Um, but um, to be fair, let's 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 explain what the exciting bit was though. Um, we got a world exclusive. Absolute it was a geek first, exclusive. A geek exclusive. Our first actual proper official geek exclusive, and not just one that we've said, yeah, it's a geek exclusive when it's not really. Um, the the guys behind the Total War franchise were announcing their brand spanking new game at EGX at 4 p.m. And we had an interview lined up with them at 11 a.m., which turned out to be the first interview of the day for them. Um, 
And yeah, basically, we had to sign non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, because we were the first person outside of their company to actually see. Yeah, the first members the, of the uh, press. The, any form of mm. media they had about it. And which was awesome. Unwound the poster, which was Total War Attila. Yeah, and we're like, oh, that's what it is. We'd have to sort of that, and he goes, yeah, yeah, but you're just going to have to sign this. Okay. Which they'd already showed us it at that point, so I should be straight on my phone going, Attila! Yeah. Hashtag Creative Assembly. Which but, the only downside about... Uh, my phone and stuff was because we've come from like a fair few hours away mm, we hit not that, on a virgin train <laughs> yeah we hit that many bloody different mobiles posts that my signal bouncing left right and centre and died by the time we made it to to London so yeah. anything I wanted to be like oh look at this I, I couldn't no. I couldn't post anything couldn't tweet anything couldn't take pictures of anything because my phone was just dead I kept the Instagram going it's alright Reg it's fine but um, that was that was awesome um, yeah they were genuinely nice guys as well. Um, but yeah, that was a, a full-on world, world, world exclusive. Mm. <laughs> um, kind of. but we, Not great. that we could talk about it, but yeah. just in our heads, it was exclusive. Which it kind of was. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that interview later. Um, but other than that, go on, right, let's just start off with your highlight of the show. Right, see, I am very torn with the highlight. I wanted it to be The Evil Within. Mm. Um but it wasn't. Um, right. Now, The Evil Within is the game that I've been going on and on and on about for yes. a hell of a long time now on these pods. Um, it's the Resident Evil guys making a, a brand new IP. Um, and I was dead excited to play it. We, you know, we went there, we, we got given boxes, which was like part of the game, so you'll understand when you see the YouTube vid. Um, yeah. They put a little trailer up here, I haven't already seen it. Definitely go watch it on our YouTube page. Um and I was scared, I was getting so excited for this title. And then we walked in there. You had to watch the intro video, so we watched like this little intro. And then I finally got my hands on it. I was like, oh, this looks beautiful. And then it crashed. Mine completely bugged out, crashed, would not do anything, had to reset it all. And I was like, right, okay then. And you only get like a 10-minute game, mm-hmm. like little session of this. So I was like, oh, mine's just crashed, can I, can I restart it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no worries, no worries. You get 10 minutes from here. And I was like, sound. Had to watch the whole intro thing again. Press play. Got into the mansion. I was like, ooh, this looks pretty decent now. Literally seen one of the bombs you could defuse. Yeah. Went to defuse it. Glitched out again. Just completely bugged out. Crashed. Had to reset it. And I was like, I've got to reset this. And the guy went, oh, it looks like it might be a problem with the pod. Tell you what, uh, do you mind just getting out? And I was like, well, this was a wonderful experience of The Evil Within. (laughs) It was just completely... I got to play it. I can give my opinion of it. Um, I didn't like it. What didn't you like about it? I don't know. It it wasn't... I haven't played anywhere near as much Resident Evil or anything like that as you, but um, mine didn't bug out at all. It was just really, really clunky. Didn't play very well. I don't know whether it's just completely out of context, because it's like chapter nine of the game or something they throw you into. Um, I, I think they were trying to really create a bit of scary atmosphere by positioning the camera like really, really close to the guy, so a third of the screen is taken up by by your character's, you know, head and shoulders. But you could barely see anything, and I don't know. I need I need that in a game. I don't I I, I don't think it, it, that was necessary to be scary. I think from. From the the standpoint of someone who's like, because I watched yeah. you play your game in the end, since I couldn't actually play All right, mine. Okay. Um, so from that, if you can picture Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. I've heard set that, yes. 
into the Resident Evil HD remake. Okay. Okay. So the GameCube one, which is the remake, and now onto this mm-hmm. this generation, it's like that. So it's got the atmosphere of Resident Evil One, but the gameplay style slightly of Resident Evil Four, from what I could slightly picture. Um, but they've kept the thing which they had in Resident Evil, uh, the GameCube one, where you had to set fire to the zombies to make sure they stayed down. Yeah. They kept that, didn't they, with mm-hmm. the evil? But then you had to burn right. bodies for it. Um, there seems to be some nice touches to it, but again. It's so disappointing the fact that it just let me down with that. Yeah. Um, it's something that I suppose. I mean, I still grab it because I still really want to play it, mm-hmm. but I'm just not nowhere near as excited now as no. I was for it. Fair enough. Um, but again, we've got another nice little video to prove how scary that game is. Oh yes, officially, like science proves it. Uh, I won't spoil it. Just go to our YouTube page in the next couple of days and you'll see it. But yeah, we use science. We did. Mm. And it felt good for a change. It really did. Reg did science. You never hear that phrase ever. But but, uh, speaking of scary games, um, we played Alien Isolation again after we played it at Rest, and it's still awesome. It's just such a nice game. So much so that I that I genuinely think I may end up buying it when it comes out. October the seventh. Yes, I never buy full games when they come out. But this was cool because this was a different class as a survivor mode. Yeah, which Um, is new. Yeah, it's something they've tagged on. Um, which we do have an interview with the with the game designer, which, which we won't go into awesome. too much detail about it because he explains a little bit more about it as well, uh, which we'll place in in a bit. Um, but basically, you're on time limit to try and complete the level, okay. um, so you can't play the coward and hide every two seconds. You have to basically try and get through. Um, if you got through, they ask for your time, give them your time, and then if it was good enough, you go up on their top ten board. Yeah, and you win a t-shirt uh, for the day, and you win a t-shirt and an awesome limited edition comic. Uh, by Dark Horse, which, which we got anyway, because never going out to publish. You're like, you, you guys, you guys are, 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 are nice to us. You're, you're press, you can have them. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. That was Nee. Nee, the community manager for Creative Assembly, is possibly one of the nicest people in the world. I absolutely love Nee. She was just brilliant. She was so like just genuine from start to finish Aye. on both occasions we met her. Um, but she originally was going to do the interview with us because uh, the game designer went off. Um, somewhere else to do like part of a presentation yeah. or something so she went right i'll tweet him but if he doesn't come up i'll I'll do it for you i'm like oh brilliant so then she started doing it and then he turned up and she's like oh i really want to do this but fine we'll let him take over so gary napper come along and start doing the interview but as dan was interviewing you'll see gary napper just occasionally just glance away from dan and look towards the distance and as i was filming the interview there was one of the guys who works on the game and me pretending to be aliens and um, so they're doing like the creepy alien <laughs> walk and then open up the mouths and just basically pulling funny faces and trying to put gary off during the interview which is why you can see him smiling and laughing throughout the interview yeah. um it's just genuinely funny but uh dan didn't survive the demo no i did i survived with a cracking time but I thought that he did such a 10. such a bad time that he just didn't bother telling anyone. yeah well, was it till we went back later and i was like i mean i did it it was rubbish time she was like you did it yeah, what, what was your time? It was like six minutes or something. Oh, that'll count. We've only had nine people win today. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, uh, really? So awesome t-shirt, um, <laughs> which was the robot from Alien, yeah. um, which is awesome. Uh, so I'm dead happy about yeah. that. Um, in fact, we'll put the interview in here because that's only a nice little short one, and that's an interesting one. So listen and enjoy. I'm here with Gary Napper, lead designer with uh, Creative Assembly on Alien Isolation. Um, we played this game about six to nine months ago at REST, um, one of the earlier versions, and was blown away by it. Um, we were really looking forward to trying it again. We've had another go. It gets even better. So what, what's changed since then, though? 
A hell of a lot's changed since then, actually. Uh, we've gone into incredible amount of detail on the alien behavior. The kind of last few months have all been about balancing and tweaking and just getting all the little bits feeling right. Uh, the last few months as well, we've also produced this survivor mode we're showing today. Which, which incidentally, like. I didn't survive, but, you know. <laughs> Very few people have, and it's been great to see because people haven't been walking out and going, oh, it's too hard. They've been walking out going, it's incredibly hard, and that's exactly what it needs to be. And that's a brilliant thing for developers to see, people just having such a good time with it. So, yeah, I mean, the idea is that you're against the clock, you can do things to help your score, but ultimately you just have to try and survive and get out of there. And yeah, people have really reacted well to it, and there's been people queuing up three or four times to come in, which is amazing considering the size of our line. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just in incidentally, we, uh, we did a little experiment. Um, I wanted to see how, how scary it was going to be, so I did have a little heart rate monitor on. Right. Made it all the way up to 99. I don't, know, I don't know whether that's bad or not. But I don't know. We may have to look at health warnings for the game. I'm possibly, sorry. yeah. I mean, yeah. And then we helped you out with that, which is good. Um, now, I've heard a little bit about DLC as well. Um, quite exciting stuff as well about Sigourney Weaver. Yes, that's true. We are through some incredible fluke, and I think a lot of the talent from the team has shown through in the game enough to convince them. But, yeah, we managed to get hold of the original cast for the game, including Sigourney Weaver. So it was just absolutely an amazing situation where we can just hear her voice in the game and be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, and obviously the story is about her, her daughter searching yeah. for her, isn't it? So I guess that doesn't quite give away the ending, but at least gives you a little, <laughs> a little lean of where it's heading. I think it's a great thing because the game showed so much quality and potential and it was so much like the setting of the original film. Plus it features kind of, you know, Amanda Ripley as Ellen's daughter. It's just something that just all connected and came together so well that it convinced the guys to come aboard. And yeah, it's just been astounding, really. So we're, we're heading for, is it October 20, when, what was the, the release date? Uh, the 7th. 7th of 7th October. October. All right. Not, not far. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. It's got to be an exciting time. Um, and we're looking at, what, Xbox One, PS4? Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PC. Excellent. And when can we expect the DLC to be coming? Uh, DLC should be over the next six months, I believe, but we've got several packs coming out because each of them is something you want to play again and again and try and beat your time and compete with your friends. So it's, yeah. Of course, I guess the survival mode is something that can be constantly just evolving, can't it, really? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> okay, that's really good. Thanks very much for your time. It's oh, great to talk you. to you. Thanks a lot. Wasn't that a nice little interview, Reg? No, he is that a, was my, he, my first uh, games interview. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mine. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, a, he was a genuine nice guy. Creative Assembly were just they, nice. They were nice to us the whole day, because it was Creative Assembly who did um, Attila as well. Total War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lovely, good. lovely. Um, but apart from that, we also did play some just really genuinely fun games. Um, some games like Fable Legends. Fable Legends was amazing. Um, apart from your bit. Well, I, I, it was, it was good. It was just completely different. So, Fable yeah. Legends basically is now you can play it solo, but it's basically kind of a, a designed as a co-op game, four v one. You have one, who, one person who's a villain, four people who are the heroes. Um, if you play it on your own or with two or three, or, you know, not enough people, you'll actually, um, you, you'll have AI as, as you, you kind of your partners. Um, so there was four people playing the heroes, and then one person playing the villain who was Reg. Um, but it means it's a completely, completely different game. It's not Fable, uh, in a way. No, it's really not. Really, The hero's bit played exactly like Fable, and it was really, it was really nice, really smooth. Um, they, 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 I think they perfected it, going back to Fable 1 controls in Fable Anniversary, but adding in a bit of Fable 2, and that's what they seem to have taken for Legends, which is nice. Yeah. So basically, the villain I played, if you can picture... Years back, they were, well, still now they do them now, but when I, when I was a kid I used to have this board game called Heroes Quest. 
Yes. Um, where you play like the dungeon master. Mm. Um, and you set up traps and you get everything ready for when the heroes come along. I was basically doing that. I had a load of traps set up. I could position the bad guys where I wanted them to. Um, and it was done from like an RTS, like a strategy game standpoint. So instead of yeah. like third person, the way that Dan played it, like normal fable, I had like a top-down isometric type of view um, with just the cursor. And I was going around selecting the people. Um, Putting mines and, and stuff. Doing, like, and... Just trying to do all their moves, um, which it's so confusing because there's so much to, to learn from that two like two minute true yeah like, interval we had i had to play with it before you guys came in to my like my little quest um that i set up so i basically got in there and the guy at the side of me was like right this is how we're going to work it put this here like this is how you do this this is how you do this and then when he came in he was like oh i forgot to tell you press like the r trigger and and y now and you'll do a special move oh and then if you move over here so i think if you're playing at home Mm. It will be a lot better because you'll start off with the learning curve and you'll actually be able to understand how to do it, maybe like tutorials, etc. Where I played it from, even though I absolutely annihilated you guys, um, completely smashed it and won. Apparently everyone did, though. The villain won pretty apparently, much every yeah, game. Yeah, apparently the villain was not slightly OP, but it just turns out that the guys who playing the, the heroes were rubbish for the day. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's what the issue was. Um, but it again, that was a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something completely different when you think it's going to be Fable. It just it genuinely isn't. Um, they've still got the same type of humour, um, etc. Inside of the game, um, they're still keeping a few of the characters all all similar in like your home locations, etc. Um, but yeah, it's a completely different style style game, but still. Mm-hmm. Genuinely an awesome title. I get the feeling that what we played was like a kind of just one of the multiplayer levels, not just like a co-op level. Because I don't think there's any point where you will have four people playing the heroes and one person playing the villain because you'll never get an ending or one set of characters will never get an ending. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think that was just like a multiplayer arena. Um, So I'm interested to see how the two different games work together in the real game. Yeah, I think that that that'll be awesome. But um, we also spoke to Dave Eckelbury, who's the uh, he's basically the, the game director, at, creator, uh, which is amazing. Like last year, we got to speak to Ted Timmons, um, who was head of Legend. Fable uh, Anniversary. This year, we get to speak to the the new guy, who's uh, head of Fable Legends, which is awesome, and also an equally dead nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he was American. Is and I mm. believe that we should just like drop it in here so the peeps can have a yeah, listen not? to. Enjoy. Hi, so I'm here with Dave from Lionhead Studios, just the creator of Fable Legends. Uh, so thank you very much for your time to begin with. What I want to know is obviously Fable is such a huge, massive British cultural game, and you've sort of taken it, dissected it, and turned it into something completely fresh and new. How challenging was that, taking it from such a, a stable game and creating your own spin on it? Very challenging. I mean, uh, Fable, Fable's a beloved franchise, and, it, and it's got its unique flavor to it. Um, it's got a decade of history, literally, and, and even more than that, if you count like the years that Fable was in development before the first Fable ever came out. Um, it's a fantastic franchise, and I'm honored and privileged to, to add to it, right? You know, to be honest, it, it's a big cooperative effort. You know, I, I, I could not and wouldn't even dream of doing it alone. We've got a great staff of more than 100 people that are working on Fable Legends back in Guildford for Lionhead Studios. And many of them have been you know, working for a long time on previous Fable titles. So when we came in and thought about what we wanted to do next with Fable, and I was really 
you know, excited to join a franchise that I'd been a fran fan of and then get to add a little bit of my own and, and take the great ideas from the team about what they wanted to do. Um, you know, when we thought about, you know, when we were kicking off Fable Legends two years ago, a little more than two years ago now, about what we wanted to do, it was a lot of it was keeping loyal to the core ideas of the previous Fable years, right? And that means, you know, having the option to be good or evil and having cool stories to tell and, and adding something unique and different every title, um, whether that's a dog or ruling a kingdom or no matter what that was, um, every Fable has added something unique to the franchise and that's kind of what we wanted to do too, to, to, to add something new and to add some innovation and try new things. Okay, so for people who haven't seen Fable Legends before, can you just give us a sort of an outsider look going into what the new story is and how the game plays instead? Sure. Uh, the new Fable Legends brings you back to the world of Albion, this wonderful kind of magical fairy tale world. And we're going to bring you back several hundred years before the first Fable, right? So that means that it's back to a time of magic and folklore and fairy tale where um, helpless, idiotic, stupid villagers huddle inside their villages. That's what they always do in Fable games. They're kind of stupid and cowardly. Um, but that's the difference, right? You get to be the hero, the, the exception to that human rule of weakness. And you're the only ones, you know, heroes are the only people that are brave enough or foolish enough to, to risk missing dinner in order to go out and into the dark woods in scary places. You know, the first fable really took inspiration from kind of dark fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales, and those kinds of notions. And we went back to mine that idea, right? So the creatures that we've sometimes seen in our videos with these red hats, those are, those are creatures out of actual Scottish folklore called redcaps. And redcaps uh, dip their hats in the blood of their enemies. It's kind of macabre stuff, right? Creepy. A little creepy. And, and our spin on that to, to do something a little different is if in, in folklore, if their hats ever dried out, they die. So in our folklore, uh, these redcaps start nailing, putting nails in their own heads in order to make sure their hats would ever, never run dry. That's a little kind of gross. Um, but uh, that said, you know, uh, that's part of Fable Lore too, right? To have a little bit of body humor and a little bit of silliness and a little bit of scariness too, right? We want to mix all those options in so that when we tell a new story in Fable, it can be dramatic, it can be tragic, you know, losing your dog, very tragic story, I know. I had to sacrifice a villager to just resurrect him, and poor villager. Um, but, or it can be just comic, right? Uh, all of those in between is what makes Fable unique, is that we have moments of levity, and then we can have moments of kind of seriousness, right? Um, and the mix of those is what makes Fable different and what makes it work. So I was going to say, I've had a quick go with the game before. Um, I was team villain. Um, now, playing as a villain, it plays a little bit like an RTS, like a proper strategy game. Yep. So that completely took me aback from what I'm used to with Fable. Yep. How difficult was the challenge of trying to create two different game modes into the one game and make sure it still plays fluidly? It's a big challenge. It's, it's not unlike making two games, right? You know, in some sense, we have to make a fun game for the heroes, make a fun game for the villain, and then somehow, when both people are having fun, they're not hurting the fun of the other person, right? Both sides are out to win, but we've deliberately crafted it so that the villain has a certain number of points and creatures and this kind of thing. And the things that the villain does to win make fun things for the heroes to do, right? That's how the game is, is made to be balanced. Now, in the studio, right, if you really go back in Guilford's, you know, development history, you can look at some bullfrog history and you can look at things like Dungeon Keeper. And that's obviously, and even black and white and populist, some of those are in the DNA of the studio still, right? Some of the people who go back that far. So the idea of playing an evil overlord, you know, that's kind of always what we wanted to do, right? And so mixing that into our fable allows us to have a little bit of peanut butter and chocolate at the same time. So it's been a lot of fun. 
balancing wise, it's the worst nightmare of my life, right? And it's going to be a nightmare as we go into beta and for months, many months to come, getting that right and continue to tweak it and make it better. That that's our job, right? So I was going to say, obviously, if you play choose play as the villain, or if your friend comes home and plays the villain, where you're playing through the story mode campaign, if the villain wins. How will that affect the campaign mode? Will will you just have to replay the quest, or will it alter the campaign? So the, the primary consequence, you know, you have to progress on one of the two sides. So just like any kind of game narrative, right? You can win on the side of the villain, or you can win on the side of the heroes to grow on and progress the next quest. Now there are some exceptions to that. You get to take all the gold and loot and stuff you found, even if you lost that quest. You may be coming home with a lot more power, so that the next time you do that quest, you're likely to have a fine, easier time with it. For one. And the other thing is, is that you can always play with your friends. So if you've been playing Fable Legends a lot, and you know I, this is my first time playing it, and you're off in Quest 14 or Quest 23 or whatever quest you're on, you can always join a friend. So much like watching a TV show, and if I'm watching, you know, uh, I don't know Star Trek or Buffy or whatever, and you're in the middle of the fourth season, the story won't make as much sense for me. But we'll give you a little bit of a cinematic intro. We'll tell you why you're there. Um, the meta plot won't make sense, but your objectives in the quest still will. So you can always play with your friends, no matter where you are within the plot. Okay. That's superb. Now, obviously, I've been playing Fable Anniversary recently, and that's had the smart glass sort of touch to it, where you can go through your inventory, you have a look yep. at the map, etc. Yeah. This would be a prime candidate for smart glass for villain-wise. Um, have you got any sort of intentions of, of using the smart glass technology? Or are you just looking at keeping it console-based? No, we absolutely want to do smart glass. Um, it, it's such a cool opportunity for us because um, you can, everyone, we pointed out ourselves and, and fans who play the game, it said, you know, I think you could play this villain game on a smart glass. Right, so you can imagine, you know, drawing a quick circle around a creature and telling it to attack a specific hero or use a special ability. Now, that work is still in its infancy for us, and we have a lot of some technical challenges to solve, right? So I'm playing on my smart glass with you playing the, as a hero in the same room. We really have to make sure that that's a fun experience for both sides, that the latency is really low, that even on a tablet, which obviously has a little less horsepower than an Xbox, that you have a very responsive gameplay experience with very little latency so that when a hero walks into a trap, you can spring that trap in a reasonable amount of time. So our first obligation is to make the villain mode really fun and awesome here on the console using a controller. But eventually, yeah, that's something we're looking into. And we've started experimenting with in-house to put that villain gameplay right on your smart glass so I can go over to your house and beat you at your own place here on my tablet. Superb, superb. Now, obviously, Fable is a, is a lot, because it's an RPG, you can place hours and hours and yep. hours and hours into it. I must rack up 60 to 70 hours each yeah. sort of playthrough. Are we looking at the same type of hours, considering it's a completely different style of game, or is it going to be a bit more of a structured, guided hand sort of game? It's most like Fable One, where you know you're, you start in your hometown, you're you know much like the guild in Fable One, and you have a series of quests unlocked, and more of them unlock over time. You choose what quest you want to go on, and then you can go off on that quest in single player with AI, or we can matchmaking you with someone, or you can play with your friends. All those options available to you. You'll go out with a specific objective for that quest, and then return back to Bright Lodge. Now, there's a lot of hours of gameplay there. And then on top of that, every hero has a unique spin on their own story. With these different voice actors and the different voiced characters, there's a really a very large multiplier that comes in with both how you can play and then who you play with changes the story as well. So depending on who you have on that quest, whether you're playing the villain or the hero, all of those are big kind of multiplayers, right? Um, we have a big story that we want to tell in the first season. And then in the episodic nature that kind of we've talked about earlier, 
right when you finish the first story, that doesn't mean it's over. A few weeks later, we'll have a new story and a new quest. This episodic structure means that the game's never going to be over. So even after you complete the first meta plot, the first arc of stories that tie together, we're going to start another one a month later. And then I will kick off and have Quest 1, Quest 2, Quest 3, Quest 4, etc. in this new story campaign that introduces a new arch-villain, starts introducing new hero characters that you can play, new creatures to fight against. We, ha we really have this big ambition to not just have a game that you play once for a month or so, but keep coming back to for years. That's phenomenal. So all I want to say was thank you so much for your time. I think obviously my apologies just enough. One more question I did want to ask. On the trailer, the cinematic trailer, there's four more heroes which just appeared. The chickens. And know they are a fable stable and they have to be in there. Is that a hint that is part of the DLC then for chapter two we may be able to go as chickens? Uh, well, I don't think it's the hint for the DLC. I think it's a hint for the release of the game. You know, it wouldn't be Fable if we didn't have some chickens. And I, we would, I wouldn't have had my art team modeling them and building them and, and doing it if we didn't want to include them. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for your time, Dave. Been very much appreciated. Thank you. See what I mean, though? He was, was, a, super, he was a, a genuinely yeah, nice guy. Just, I realize super. now, ever since I've listened to those interviews back, I say superb. You do. A hell of a lot. To be honest, I noticed that after the first interview, with the interview with um, with Creative Assembly about uh, Total War, you must have said it about maybe five or six times. But um, yeah, you do say superb quite a lot. And then it turned out throughout the day, you, t you tried to say it less, but it still slipped out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. later on when we throw in another interview. Yeah, uh, just for, have a listen. For just listen out. I literally end the um one of the the questions with oh superb superb superb, superb. yeah i say it three times it's in one double. thing and just like wow. i wonder if only there was some way we can know exactly how many times you said the word superb throughout the day reg i'd, I'd be really interested to find out have you really done this that's superb 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 13 wasn't that many is that how many that times I said it in the interviews? That's superb, 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 superb. That was my afternoon, just cutting that together. Amazing. Worth it. But, yeah. It's not quite like, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. That did go on for a while. Yeah, as you all know by now. Yeah, I stopped doing that now. We have, we've made a conscious effort. It's, it's superb the amount of effort you're putting in, Reg. I'm really impressed. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what we'll do now, instead of just going through more interviews, we'll tell you about the games that we didn't get any interviews for, but were just yeah. genuinely awesome titles. Yeah. Let's, um, let's not spend too long on this, because it's going to be a long podcast otherwise, but uh, Far Cry 4. Far Cry 4, elephants. Yep. Amazing. That's all that matters. You get to ride an elephant and shoot people from the top of it. Yeah, and use their trunks to like whack people out of the way. Yeah, whack them. Exactly. It was, it was very whack nice. like Joaquin. But yeah, so if you like Far Cry 3, you'll love Far Cry 4. It mm. looks beautiful on uh, on the next-gen consoles. Aye. So I was happy about that. But it plays quite similar, but yep. you get an elephant. Okay, Mortal Kombat 10. If you played Mortal Kombat 9, you really have played Mortal Kombat 10. Just a shinier version of it. It's shinier, new moves, a few new yep. characters, which we didn't get to see that many they, of. Uh, they brought the X-ray thing in, and not 9 did they, or 8? Yeah, it was 9. nine. Um, so and these new. are more brutal. Yeah, like the ones that we we were doing against each other were just really grim. Um, but it's definitely a, a title. If you play number nine, you really like number nine. Number ten is going to be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to yeah. playing it. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. This looked 
beautiful. Now, Dragon's Age 1, great game. 2, not so good. They've learned the lesson, and they've come back. Like I said, looks gorgeous, plays fluid. Like the movement in it, the spells in it, everything just looks fantastic. Um, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. I only literally had a quick like two-minute go because I know I get drawn into it. Yeah. Uh, Hatsune Miku, Project Diva, Part 2. Tell me about it, Dan. Uh, well, you played it. Yeah, I couldn't really play it because it's. I mean, it's, it's a music game, and they had the the sound turned down. It was on like four. How was I supposed to play it? Like I am good at rhythm games. It just but... seemed though that everybody else managed to do it. Because everyone else, everyone else's TV, I could hear other people's music, but I couldn't hear my own music. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But I did get a Hatsune Miku lanyard, which I'm very happy about. Good, yep. good. Yeah, I'm good, gonna good. put my uh, work keys on then. I'm gonna take the, the Nokia lanyard off my work keys and put a Hatsune Miku one on. Yep. Um, but, but I'll get back to the games that you played. But um, Lego Batman Three. <laughs> there was there was no way this wasn't gonna be ridiculously enjoyable as always. But um, I, what I don't know is, is Lego Batman Two like this in the same way that. Um, because compared to Marvel superheroes, um, you have all your different costumes that you have to change into mid-level. So Bat- Lego Batman 2 is the same? Yeah. Okay. Then there's nothing new, then. <laughs> well, it, you just... You, <laughs> just more characters. You go beyond, like you said, you go, because Lego Batman 2 is, ba- is based in sort of like the Gotham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this expands on that. Fair enough. Story mode, loads more characters. Yeah, but gameplay-wise, not really. To be fair with you, there's never anything new with the Lego games that much that makes you go, ooh, mm. it always plays like a normal Lego title. Which is not a bad thing. No. No. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No. Uh, Sunset Overdrive? <sighs> yes. Now, we were whoring on about this. Well, I was. A, a few a few pods back, um, saying that it play, basically plays like Jet Set Radio, first person, well, third person shooting Jet Set Radio. Uh, where you're just grinding all over the place, dead bright, dead colourful, uh, mm. completely insane, and that's what they've made it. It it plays like a dream. Yeah. Really nice. I was just devastated I never got any freebies. They had hats, sunglasses, and cans of the uh, the energy drink. Yeah. I didn't get any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was a great title. That's one definitely to look out for. Yeah. Um, Little Big Planet 3. Yay! Okay, didn't get to play it, but you did get... Um, a, a game artwork, the uh, the game cover with your face on it. I did indeed, <laughs> which is possibly one of the best bit of blown of marketing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that, a that guaranteed was, sale now. That that's awesome. I was showing it Ash, and she was like, "Oh, I want one." I was oh. Like, oh well, looks like we're gonna have to buy it now. And she went, "Yeah, is this some sort of hint that we're going to be getting a uh, PS4?" I was like, "Maybe, yeah." <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that that again, Little Big Planet Three looks. Fantastic, yeah. it was there again um, on the yeah. show floor with all new characters. Um, Looks superb. Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Nintendo was there again. We yeah. uh, we didn't spend as much time as we wanted If to we'd have had two days, which we originally planned, we, we would have. We would have yeah. played everything there. But it's always the last thing we do, and then we never have time. And the one game we wanted to play, we were like, right, let's go and play Super Smash Brothers. They they either didn't have or we couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure they didn't have it. They just had it on the stage because the there was a, a tournament going on. Yeah, um, they had it on the 3DS. Yeah, but you know, it looked all right in the 3DS. But yeah. it's one of those games that you need the big screen for. You need the local multiplayer to be able to just sit around, mm. have a giggle, and have a, a laugh with it. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I I'd love to have tried it on the, being the, um, the, the, the with the GameCube pads as well. Yeah. So you get the adapters, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, well. That would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, and Call of Duty. <sighs> no idea. I'm sure it was good. We didn't play it. <laughs> didn't really care for it. No, no that as well. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, the other bunch of games that we did, we went to the Resd area. And we played a bunch of indie games, uh, a couple of Team 17 games again, who again are always, always lovely people. Yeah. Um, and also another one called Tango Fiesta. So Tango Fiesta um, was like an 80s action movie homage. It plays like, if I mean, I guess the best way of describing it, if you've played on a mobile um, Age of Zombies or anything like that, um, it's very similar to that. It's dual stick running around with your guns, top down, um, like Halo, um, Spartan. So yeah, or like Commando from from years back, or oh yeah, Dogs or Mercs of War, or something like that. Mercs, you know, like the proper decent analog sticks. <laughs> um, yes. Um, so uh, I've listened to what the guy from Spilt Milk Studio had to say about that. Are we there with Andrew from Spilt Milk, the devs on uh, Tango Fiesta? Um, just had a quick look at it. It looks pretty good. It looks a bit weird. What can you tell us about the game? It is both good and weird, I can guarantee it. Best description. <laughs> it's a, a two-stick cooperative shooter. Uh, it's set in the world of sort of 80s action movies. Um, they've, they've all been based, uh, in our opinion, on a true story that all happened to one guy, and this is the, the story behind the classic movies like Commando, Predator, Ghostbusters, etc. Um, it's online and offline, four players. Um, it's sort of procedurally generated levels, so it's different every time. we got seven playable characters, about eight bosses, about, I don't know, 25 odd enemies, bad guys, 20 odd guns. It's just, it's a love letter to the 80s, you know, guns, explosions and good times. Awesome. Seems to be a bit of a running theme at the minute. Obviously, Expendables probably is what brought all this stuff out, but we've got this, we've got um, Broforce, seems to be the, the, the standard thing, but it's, I'm looking forward to having a go of it in a second. Um, it, it, I'm guessing it's full of, of kind of uh, spoofs, full of all the standard characters. Absolutely, yeah. I think some of them are more obvious than others. You know, we've had a bit of fun. Some of the uh, some of the playable characters they're obviously based on uh, uh, or inspired by certain uh, stars. But uh, please tell me Chuck Norris is in there. He's not yet. He's not yet. But you know, the word "yet" is qualifying that statement. Uh, I'd also like to put the name Jack Bauer in there. Just throw that out. I think that's that's got to be in DLC coming down the line. Well, like Jack Bauer and an Arnie short, like Arnie accent would be great. Jack Bauer. You know, it just, it works. It, it sounds... Jack Bauer like works with any accent, absolutely. And uh, uh, PC only, is it? Or are we going to come to consoles? So it's PC and Mac on early access at the moment on Steam. And then, yes, uh, with any luck and uh, decent sales, we'll be, uh, we'll be coming to all the consoles as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. That was me again, Reg. And I good. I'm right, I? Yeah, yeah. I was just way more interactive than you. You're just like question after question. I'm going to do them all from now on. That's what you basically just did then, though. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, um, what, who did you speak to? The guys behind the Escapist. Oh, I did indeed. Which so... is a game that I really actually want to play. There's not that many PC games now that I go. Uh, I don't know. I want this. But yeah. that's actually one of them. Escapist is really fun. It's, yeah. It's hard, but it's really fun. Um, so, yeah, so I spoke with Chris. Um, I'll the, you remembering people's names. <laughs> the the actual the game designer, the, the owner of Moldy 2 Studios. Yeah. Um, he created this title. And unfortunately, he, as you'll see from the video, he looks really scared of me. Uh, but he just he apologised afterwards. He's like, I'm just not very good at this. I like making the games. But I don't like I, talking But about. I can't do this oh. this type of thing. But... He just genuinely looks like he's trying to shy away from me throughout yeah. the whole entire Maybe you can hear it in his voice. Have a listen. 
Hi, so I'm here with Chris from Mouldy Tooth. Um, he is the director and the producer of The Escapist, um, which has been published by Team 17, I believe. Um, so if you could just tell me a little bit about the game for people who haven't actually seen it before. It's, um, well, in simple terms, it's a prison breakout sim. Um, obviously it involves more than just walking out the front door. You've got, to, uh, you've got a prison routine to follow. You've got to uh, keep the appearance of being a good inmate with the guards, but secretly you sort of... Uh, collecting items, crafting things to cut your way out, uh, dig your way out. And you basically make making making tunnels, cutting through vents and it's about escaping a prison basically and you've got to plan how you do it and then follow it through and pull it off. And is the is the prison that, um, generated constantly all the time or is it going to be different prisons each time you, you log in? There's uh, um, the six prisons planned for the the full game. But uh, there's two in the moment in early access. But um, I mean, people have spent 30 hours on on one prison, so it's <laughs> it's got quite a bit of replay factor in each prison. Yeah, I got stuck. I tried to start digging my way out of the cell, and then I put the dirt in the toilet, and then it clogged up the toilet, started flooding it, and then I got caught. And I thought, oh my god, you literally have to think about every little minute detail about this game. I mean, obviously, I suppose the references you put towards it, like Great Escape, Prison Bake, I mean, what's your main influence towards the title itself? All right, it's going to sound strange, but the game that it was actually inspired from was uh, an old game on the Spectrum called uh, Back to School. Right. It was a, it was a school-based game, but with like routines like my game has got. Um, I was originally going to make a game like that, but then I turned it into a prison, and then I started watching all the classic Prison Break films, <laughs> you know, Josh Ang Redemption, Great, uh, Great Escape, you know, just to get ideas for it. And yeah. saying so you've added a, a lot of the like, humour to it as well, so it's not an extremely serious game. It's one you have to really seriously sit down and think about, but you don't take yourself too serious in the, the background as well. I mean, is that the whole idea? Did you want like a sort of comedy feel to it, or did the humour just come along progressively? I, I mean, I guess it's just... Uh, I don't know, it's just cause I guess how I develop games. That, I mean, I know prison's quite a grim subject, and... You can make it dead serious, the opposite, but I just kept it quite light-hearted sort of thing. It, and it appeals to all ages, that kind of thing does. Yeah, superb. So initially, at the moment, it's, it's available on Steam. Um, you've got plans for the Xbox One, I believe. Is it PS4 as well, or is it just for the Xbox One? Um, it's just for now, it's Xbox One, but who, you know, who knows what happens in the future. <laughs> and do we have a rough idea of roughly when it may be available completely? Um, I think by the end of the year, then the PC one will be sort of wrapping up and early next year the Xbox one yeah. superb well thanks very much for your time Chris been very much appreciated look forward to playing it all the best yeah yeah he definitely thought you were going to kill him Reg yeah well it's not my fault he made an increasingly hard game for you we're talking about digging holes and, and like flooding toilets he thought you were going to drown him or bury his body maybe that was it maybe 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 um, yeah I really do want to play that I th- it, it just it was like ever since um, um, we spoke to the guys at um, what's it, um, Boca Studios about, Bossa Studios, sorry, about um, Surgeon Simulator last year. I was like, I want to play this. And so I bought it. This is the same. Like, this looks awesome. I really want to actually play this. Looks like my kind of game. Do you remember Prisoner of War on the Xbox? Yeah. How bad was that? Very. This looks 10 times better. Good, there good. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I remember that being such a good premise. They're like, this looks great, and getting it on on loan, and just like, no, it's awful. Um, and then the other one was Overruled, which was um, we read interview Brian Blessed, and um, he was, uh, yeah, the game looks awesome. 
Looks like Super Smash Brothers mixed with I don't know what. Yeah, so this again is like Dan was saying, a little bit like Super Smash in the way that it is just it's all for um people just on screen at once, 2D type game where you just battering the crap out of them all. Um, it's humorous, it doesn't take itself too serious. Um it looks like a proper indie indie title where they always go for like a very eight bitty type mm-hmm. um look. Um, but the characters are just insane in the game. Um, and basically the rules change every two minutes. But don't listen to me talk about it, Dan. Let's listen to Delala Studios talk about it. Okay. Okay, so I'm here with AJ from Delala Studios in relation to World's Overruled. Um, this is possibly the craziest beat-em-up I've seen in such a long time. Uh, for people who've not heard about this game before, can you just give them a slight premise about what the idea is for the game? Yeah, sure thing. So... On the surface, it's kind of your traditional beat-em-up. Two to four of you sitting on a couch kicking the crap out of each other. Um, but the big difference is the rules are always changing. So every 30 seconds, the game objective changes. It might start off as fire tag, which is our game mode where one person's on fire, everyone else is getting points, and you punch someone to transfer the fire, just like in real life. Um, and then 30 seconds later, it might change to smash and grab, which is where coins spawn on a map. You collect the coins, punch them out of each other, and kind of the rules are always changing. You must have had so much fun caught with ideas because there's about 50 to 60 different cards, I believe, for the rules. Yeah, so mean there's kind of 30 base variants of the cards, seven game modes, and then it kind of the combinations of cards flip the rules. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's kind of it's been a great process where we'll kind of go, oh, do not be really good, and then we'll try it out, and if it is really good, it sticks in the game. So kind of it's been a lot of fun. Superb. Now I was going to say, obviously you've now got it on the Xbox One and PS4. Is it launching the same time as it's launching on Steam? Or is it predominantly going to be coming on the PC first and then Xbox and PS4 later date? So right now we've got it running in Steam and Early Access. We've done kind of a softish launch just trying to get some people playing, get some community feedback. Um, the game plan is that we'll bring out the PS4, the Xbox One and the PC final versions all at the same time. Probably early next year just so we make sure we've tied down all the bugs and tied down all the problems. Brilliant. And of course, obviously, you've got the local multiplayer. Uh, it's an online multiplayer as well, which you can play online against other people. Yep, it's online as well, yep. Superb, superb. Right, so if you've not seen this before then, overall, please, I urge you guys to go out and buy this title. It looks phenomenal, it plays hilariously, and it's always changing. Okay, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Now, do you get what I mean by the fact he actually sounds a bit like Brian Blessed? I don't know about the sound, but I did get the hand gestures. He, he was very, yeah, like, so handsy. so if you have a look on the YouTube video, uh, which we've got these interviews for, um, you'll actually be able to see some of the gameplay footage as well of the games slash you, because Dan's heads and skills are quite majestic nowadays. Boom. Um, but again, you'll see how his hands, he, he loves to exaggerate his, his mm-hmm. speech with his massive hands. Um, and he was like, yes, you'd like this game, it's so crazy. And his hands are all crazy. Um, so, <laughs> but, yeah. but as a game, it was also <laughs> but as pretty a game, fun. It was a really fun game yeah. to play. Um, the other interview that we had lined up, now we had such a really busy day that, you know, things slip our mind. Uh, Reg had organised uh, an interview with a guy who, who um, the developer of a game called uh, The Adventures of Bertram Fiddle, which looks amazing just for the moustaches yes. alone. You can tell from the name, Bertram Fiddle, there's going to be some majestic moustaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a point-and-click, old-school point-and-click adventure game. Um, Which is right up my alley, Reg. Very cartoony, and it looks hilarious. Um, and I'm gutted we never got a chance to, to do this. But I was interviewing um, 
oh, emailing. Sorry, emailing him. Um, the guy Alexander Burke. Um, it, the guy that's, that's, yeah. So <laughs> I was going to say it does sound like that, uh, but yeah, it's spelled slightly different. Oh. Burke. Um, about uh, email him about trying to set up this interview. Yeah, and he was a genuinely dead nice guy. Um, sound. But then he come across, he's like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I guess the easiest is if you could come to our booth around that time and we take it from there. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. it just some reason I found it hilarious when we were doing it. It was the yeah. It was the yeah. When you originally told me about it, it was like a yeah, like there was about 12 A's after it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've also an interview. Yeah. And then, um, again, another interview I had lined up, but unfortunately we never got the chance to oh. do, um, was with the, the guys from Tiny Keep, um, which is like a, a new game and it's coming out. And it was a, a feed in who, who wanted to go on a date with me, Dan. Oh, that's right. He did say he set up a date. Yeah. Because basically, um, I asked him if he could, if he had time. And he was like, yes, please come anytime. I'll be really happy to chat. Or we could just suggest a date and time yeah. for something a bit more official. Just face. briefly going back to the yar thing, I, I just want to apologise sure. to German people. If I'm... there are any German people, I want to apologise for that. But also, the fact you can't see our trailer, um, the, the trailer for EGX has, has been banned in Germany. What? <laughs> that is, sounds worse than it is. Is this because of Will Smith? Yes, because for some it's reason, I don't even know amazing. where it came from, but for some reason, <laughs> the theme of the day, which you should have mentioned earlier, yeah, was, yeah. what do you want me to freak this? Yeah, yeah. You know what I told you about to freak this? Yeah, yeah. Sit back while I freak this. Yeah, yeah. So, for some reason, that song got into our heads, so I decided that should be the uh, the soundtrack to the video. So, if you watch the video and go, why on earth is it, they've got this really <laughs> cheesy Will Smith song, <laughs> that's why. That is yeah, the reason it's why. important. Originally, I, was, I, I had Mario Kart um, when, um, when you get a star power-up music going, so it's going to be all... But then I was like, nope, we're going with Big Willie. That has to be. But, um, but yeah, because of that, I, I don't know why. It's same on some of my um, Florida videos on my own personal channel. They're banned in Germany um, because of the there's music on it. Like Germany must have really strongly like severe um, copyright laws. Maybe they're afraid <clears> that <throat> if Will Smith gets into Germany, yeah, that's then, it. It's the end. Then that's it. Yeah, it's not going to be. Germany, that's three things we need to be apologising to Germans about. One, you Willermini. dancing like Hitler. Two, you going jar. <laughs> and three, that they can't watch the video. This is terrible. Um, it's not a good but, day to be German. But other than that, um, the we won't bore you anymore on EGX. It was awesome. We've talked enough about it. We've got one last interview we're going to play, which is the Total War one. We'll leave that to play us out, and we're going to the theme tune, so we're going to geek out in a sec. But um, go. The, the best thing you can do is go onto our YouTube page. If you want all this in a really nicely digestible visual extravaganza, go and watch our videos. So youtube.com forward slash g.e.e.k, and the dots are T's, are D-O-T's, remember. Um, so the interviews are up now. By the time this is up... Hopefully, I'll have um, our scare off, and um, probably the next day or so, I'll have our uh, new episode of Geek Out as well. So go and watch them. But um, here is the interview with the guys at um, Creative Assembly, um, Total War, Attila. But um, it's really interesting, even to the point where it makes Reg go, Do you know, I really want to play this. 
Yeah, I was actually I was yeah. listening back to the interview again. I was like, I really need to yeah. play this. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I forgot like how much of a massive um, franchise this this is Total War as well. Especially because we went to the developer session where they actually announced it. We thought oh, this this would be nice. We'll 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 have a listen. Um, and they announced like this one little thing which sounds like nothing, but like oh, and in this one, uh, family trees are back. And a guy in the audience went, "Woo!" And just started applauding. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we like that too. And then a load of other people started applauding. <laughs> and I've read online since, like, people going, yes, I'm so glad they brought back Family Trees. I'm like, wow, you really got some rabid fans. Yeah, it's like a multi-million mm. pound. Like, I knew, I knew it was big, obviously, been going for a while, George. but I didn't realise it had that many people following. Yeah. But either way, um, again, really interesting interview, I think. Um, but other than that, have a listen to this. Me and Reg are going to geek out. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, so we're here with uh, with Creators Assembly, the producers and the creators of the Total War series. Now, you've got quite a busy sort of Eurogamer this year. You've just recently released the Emperor edition of Rome Total War 2. And you've also got something which we're not allowed to discuss a great deal of before. Um, so just starting off with the Emperor edition of Total War 2, the Rome version. Uh, what's, the, what's new for the people who don't know about this just yet? Yeah, uh, Emperor Edition is essentially the definitive version of uh, Rome 2. It's not just every free DLC that was released to, uh, for Rome 2 before, but uh, it's a brand new campaign. It's set in the in the lost parts of the of the Roman uh, lost time of uh, the Roman uh, Republic. So it's uh, the second civil war where uh, Mark Antony and Octavian are fighting for for the heritage of uh, Caesar. And this is uh, free, free for every uh, room to users as well. And apart from that, uh, we did a, a couple of uh, updates to, for example, to the building trees, so all the buildings are rebalanced. Uh, we made uh, balancings around uh, the units and uh, the combat systems. Uh, so the combat system is a bit, a bit slower and uh, there's a higher def- uh, variation between uh, the units. And uh, the political uh, system is uh, completely uh, overthrown uh, for the uh, Emperor Edition, and uh, yeah, these are these are the highlights of uh, the Emperor Edition. Superb, superb. Okay, so just moving on then to what we really are here at Eurogamer to see. Um, you've got a new a new game on display. We've been on the show floor already this morning and seen that it's completely shrouded in black tape. Yes. Uh, we see one of your guys just ninjaing into the actual booth with the uh, t-shirt on. So can we just get a sneaky glimpse of, of what the actual new game is? Yeah, sure. Well, it's. Um this it's uh, it's total war tiller so um it, it takes place uh, about 400 years after the events of rome um, yeah, four, 400 years after you finished rome and 700 years uh, compared to the beginning of rome so it's, it's uh, right that's right so completely new era it's uh, the roman uh, with rome we essentially were part of the, of the story how rome developed into a, a big empire and uh, with Attila, you will be there uh, as this empire is essentially uh, crumbling and, and falling and uh, gives place to the, to the Dark Ages. Yeah. It's basically right. at the dawn of the Dark Ages. Right. So it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the empire has grown to, to, to a huge size and you've got, it's a period of climate change, uh, um, you know, global cooling is occurring, there's migration, uh, you know, all, the, all of the, uh, um, you know, barbarian tribes are knocking at the doors of, uh, of Rome. Right. The walls are crumbling, and it's it's basically it's a, it's a survival strategy. Uh, we're calling it the um, apocalyptic total war. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically it's a case of uh, surviving and seeing how long you can you can. You can yes. Or or if you're playing not as the Romans, then 
it's the time to just crave, uh, carve out something from from Rome and uh, get a piece of Rome. yeah, and uh, set up your your own kingdom. Essentially, this is the birth of the of the medieval Europe. So all the all the factions you can play and uh, everything that's that's there is is. Uh, something that uh, will be found in Europe for the next uh, thousand years, so it's quite important. Superb, superb. Now, obviously, through playing through Rome Total War 2, the amount of effort to detail you actually put into the games is so in-depth, it's incredible. I mean, like, the facial features when you're actually in the combat, you can see the horror of, like, the, of your allies sort of being destroyed, and you can just see the sheer terror on the people's faces. Now, with that sort of effort of detail already in Total War 2, uh, the Rome Total War 2, what's going to be different with Attilio? What have you, what have you placed above that? Have you sort of managed to increase this, or yeah, what's going to be new? As Pavel mentioned, uh, this is the apocalyptic total war, so one of our uh, core uh, features that is revolving around uh, destruction, and uh, we essentially show with uh, Attila a much greater, a much uh, darker side of, of war. Uh, essentially, the war of attrition is, is really happening. Uh, one of our key features is uh, a dynamic fire and dynamic destruction on the, on the bottom map, so uh, you can see it uh, later, but uh, you can burn down whole cities, and those cities, uh, uh, essentially, when they are burning, it uh, it has an effect on the defenders' morale, and uh, nice. the damage is uh, persistent. So, when the settlement is destroyed during a battle, if you load out the campaign, the settlement will be destroyed, and if you go back to the next battle, the settlement is destroyed. You have to rebuild it, and you have to invest uh, a lot of uh, time and, and effort, and and money to, to, to be able to rebuild these settlements. And that level of detail as well is, is, is in the settlements that you see. I mean, the, the, it's, a, it's a whole new period. It's, 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 you know, it's, it is the dawn of the Dark Ages, so, so the architecture is completely different. The level of detail we've gone into, I think, is far greater than, than ever before, especially with the, uh, you know, with the look of the settlements, the, the, the kind of agriculture, the representation of agriculture on the battlefields as well. Um, and, and that whole destruction kind of theme as well, it's, there's a far greater um, level of detail in the, in the sieges. We have a new, um, a new feature called siege escalation, which basically, yeah, yeah. When, you, when you besiege a settlement straight away on the, on the campaign and fight the battle, the city is pretty pristine, the walls are, walls are strong, and you're going to have a hard time. Kind of, yeah, that, know, that, was, that was the same in uh, previous total wars. You yeah. went up to the, uh, to the settlement, you seen the pristine walls, yeah. you started the battle of pristine walls, pristine settlement, the siege, late siege for a couple of years, uh, pristine war, pristine settlement. But with this new feature, uh, the siege escalation, if you keep continuing sieging, uh, then your troops, while you are doing everything else on the campaign, your troops uh, still sapping the walls and uh, maintain the siege. So if you load into that bottle like a couple of uh, turns, a couple of years later, then you can see that uh, buildings are burning. You can see uh, all the uh, auto. The autocad installations around the settlement. Uh, later on, you can even see breaches on the walls, so your your uh, assault can be easier if you lay siege for a long time. And meanwhile, you can see the degradation of the settlement. So that uh, gives a, a new level of detail and new level of immersion. That uh, you see that these sieges uh, or this war is actually happening. It's 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 not nice. And what made you go with this time frame after playing around with the with the Roman, obviously the Shogunate? Well, it's kind of you know it's it's very difficult not to go there. I mean, you've got you know the the, the uh, Rome two explores the, the glory of, uh, of Rome and, 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 and you know that, that amazing period. It'd be a shame not to not to kind of bring it to a close with you know with with, with 
the next chapter, you know, the, the, yeah, the medieval period. Yeah, know, this it's is such a fitting, fitting It's not just a closing uh, yeah. chapter of the Rome book, the but it's yeah. the beginning of the Dark Ages. And uh, with this game, we are not just uh, focusing uh, on this like time frame, the end bit of, uh, of the Roman Empire. But you, you have a chance to go into some some years, or, or even like the technologies, go a bit more into the Dark Ages. So you are there uh, when the medieval Europe uh, 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 born. So yeah, it's quite yeah. fascinating. Superb. I was going to say, one of the main things that your your fan base absolutely adore is the mods. I mean, just recently I've been playing the Game of Thrones mod um, for, t for Rome. Don't know if you've seen it, the Westeros Total yeah. which is phenomenal. And of course, you've got the Third Age one, which is the Lord of the Rings one. I mean, did you ever imagine that your fan base would actually be able to, to create such mods and just actually build upon what you've been working through for years and seeing how it's come around? Yeah, I think uh, mods and, and modders are very important and in integral part of the Total War brand because uh, if you think about their they're around uh, for a very long time, uh, Rome one is. is uh, still our most modded and uh, and uh, most loved game uh, in, in that respect that they, they modded, they added a lot of extra content and uh, I think it's very important for us as a company to, to support them and uh, basically bring the mod tools and uh, just uh, open up this possibility to, to everyone to essentially add extra content and, and refine. So we, we create a, a basis and, and they can continue working on it, and and, uh, and we're always surprised. They're always surprising us with uh, with the amazing ones that they produce as a community. They're, they're really impressive. Yeah, I was going to say it's really good. I mean, speaking of community as well, I suppose moving on to multiplayer in your in your new game. What's going to be new in the multiplayer? We've we got any sort of new game modes, or have we got anything that that possibly may be slightly different variations from the Rome? Uh, multiplayer wise, the most important thing is uh, all the new features are, are supported in multiplayer. So it uh, it opens a, a brand new strategy with, uh, with this whole uh, battlefield morale in the settlement battles. So you can basically just uh, choose uh, to defeat your enemy with not uh, beating all the units, but just essentially destroying the settlement and then the defender unit thinks that there's nothing to defend here, so we are just routing of the of the campaign. Map. Or the other battle feature we have is uh, the barricades. So you can set up uh, preset barricades and put units on them and uh, essentially play a kind of uh, uh, tower defense game within your settlement. So you can channel uh, enemy uh, intruders and, and uh, play them with your settlement layout. So there are a lot of new tools uh, came in with Attila and uh, they are all available in uh, in multiplayer. Another one worth mentioning, which will be a lot of fun in multiplayer campaign, is the uh, is the region destruction. You can actually uh, uh, when you can choose to destroy a settlement when you uh, just as before when you raise a settlement, but this yeah. time you can basically wipe it from the face of the campaign, so it becomes a completely ruined settlement and the region ah. is completely useless. So yeah, as well as yeah, scorched earth tactic basically, but but you know real scorched earth. And, and at the same time, you can choose to abandon a settlement. Um, which means you, you yourself destroy it completely, pack up and leave, and leave a desolate, desolate region, uh, which, uh, which yeah, can, can you know, have a, introduce a new dynamic to the multiplayer company. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds yeah. really interesting. Really interesting way it's going to play through. Um, now, you talk about obviously trying to blend in other game styles with, with it, so you've got the Tower Defense sort of title as well. You've, in the past, branched out and gone through to like the Spartan Total War that came through. Obviously, with this coming into the sort of Dark Age now, would you have any sort of inclination of jumping back into likes of a third-person market game once you've finished with this Total War? We are always exploring uh, different possibilities and, and thinking about uh, next titles. Uh, yeah, so. 
Yeah. I suppose, obviously, the, one of the final things as well is, is this going to be like desktop only, PC only, or are you going to be branching this out into into the maybe like the next uh, new gen consoles? This yeah. is this will be PC, yeah. PC only. PC only. Yeah. Okay. And do we have any sort of rough idea of maybe a release date at all? Is this something you're not going to be bringing uh, to your Eurogamer? 2015. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been very much thank appreciated. You. Thank, you. thank you very much. Cheers.